So welcome to today's episode of Embody Your Best Life. And I can say this is going to be our first amazing guest expert to really help you as a woman better understand how to be and eat and think for your body. Welcome to Embody Your Best Life. This is the place where we're going to clarify everything that you no longer need to truly release everything that is weighing you down to be able to shine bright and create your amazing goals. My name is Dina Marabi. I am a business and body balance coach, and you are going to be receiving in all these episodes proven scientific and successful ways to help you get unstuck and actually make things happen. And I'm so excited to have you here. And let's get started with today's episode. Today's guest is Bria Gad. She's actually a personal trainer, holistic health coach, and as well an integrative nutritionist. She specializes in female hormones, which is something that we don't talk often enough and we really want to create space in today's episode for you. She's actually the founder of the Peered Whisperer, Whisperer podcast, helping women with weight release and energy gain in pre and post menopause and also finding clarity in hormonal chaos. She's also been featured in Fox News, Women's Health, and Mind Body Green. And I can say, Bria, I am so excited to have you here today. I even told my friends I'm going to be having you on this episode, and they're like looking forward to it because they go see specialists and they say everything's fine. But I was like, I'm going to get an episode for you ladies, and we're going to really make sure this really helps as many women as possible. So thank you so much for being here today. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for having me, Dina. I love what you represent. I love what you offer out into the world. I'm really, really grateful to have this conversation. Because our, both our approaches is really helping people find a personalized way of eating, moving, thinking, sleeping beyond what we know in the medical field. Yeah. So my big question for you is, you told me a little bit about your story. If you want, you can share that a little bit of how you entered into this world. And then I'm going to dive deep into the questions that I know my clients and my friends are eager, eager to know. Yeah, for sure. I love that. So I, um, before I got into female hormones uh, about four years ago, I was an online personal trainer and a nutrition coach only for women for about 12 years. And it was, it was a big part of how I built my life, my joy, my health and myself and survived, you know, young child rearing years. But around the age of 35, I had a major move in my life and I started to notice a shift in, in my clients. Often we end up attracting clients who are at a very similar age box as you. And I would hear them begin to say that they just didn't feel right. Like something felt off or all the things we had been doing that really helped them feel great in their bodies were no longer working. Uh, and it really left me, um, well, it, it, yeah, it kept me up at night sometimes because I was like, I don't understand what's, you know, what's going wrong. And then around 37 for me, I started to experience the same shifts, the same, you know, I just didn't have the same energy is how it started for me. Um, and I stopped sleeping well at night and my periods became irregular. And I remember thinking I'm 37. I mean, this mm -hmm. like, it was a really uh, frustrating time and it ended up, you know, moving into like bloating and digestion issues. Like I noticed skin issues, like a lot of different things started to happen, anxiety, low mood. And so I went to my healthcare practitioner and she was wonderful, asked all the questions, did the blood work, but she kind of looked at me and was like, you know, Bria, you're the picture of health. And you think, not that you hope for something to be wrong, but sometimes you just hope for something that you can then have a very clear, tangible path of answers. Mm -hmm. So as, as relieved as I was that 
I didn't have any of the things I had been Googling online, right? We go on Google and we're like, what's wrong with me? These are my symptoms. I was relieved about that, but I still felt, um, I felt very low thinking like, I don't know, like, I, I don't think that if this is the best I'm going to feel and I have quote unquote, really great healthy habits, like I built a life and a business on them, you know, how am I going to do the next 40 years? And that was what really propelled me down the path of understanding the female hormone experience, the female wellness experience specifically. Um, I did several education programs and certifications and, and that was really when I began to understand this massive hormonal shift of what we call perimenopause, um, which is different from menopause and is as significant as pregnancy and puberty and postpartum and these other things that we're very aware of now as women. And yet nobody really talks about this piece. So that's, that's how I got here anyway. And that's what kind of propelled this for me. It's always something that it's our struggle that brings up the best of us in a certain way, like our, like your struggle with not having an answer help to find the answers for people that are struggling because like you said the medical system they have certain medical tests but they don't create a program or understanding of women through our stages we don't only have one stage we have so many different stages we go through because of our hormones so it's so it's amazing that you're able to dive into it and help male clients going exactly through that yeah, thank you. Yeah, we were, you know, talking before this, it wasn't until the 90s that women were even required to be a part of medical studies, which means that every health program, every, you know, medical plan that we that has been created up until that, that we still use and follow was really designed for men, and we're not small men. So it's, it's understanding this piece that I think can really give us a lot of answers and empowerment that we just need to operate a little differently on our own path. And like you said, a lot of the studies, women only like in the 90s coming in, but also when you think about all the research, the medication, the diets, everything that they were done in the past, it's all for male-based hormones. It's not for women per se. So understanding that we are different than men, that we actually have to focus on things very differently, I find this empowering and releasing of saying, okay, like <laughs> I'm not going to fit the mold because the mold is made for men. A hundred percent. And I think what we don't always realize is that I mean, it's like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Like it's always going to feel hard and then mm -hmm. might not even happen. Whereas once you understand how to fit the square peg into the square hole or whatever, then it actually becomes a lot easier to get to feel the way you want to feel, or at least calm the chaos so you can get to the root of your issue, which is, I think a lot of the value that you end up adding there is like, how, now that we, you know, how do we get to that root of your issue so we can overcome, but it's hard to even get to that place if our hormones are whack and we can't sleep and all these pieces. Because as women from the moment we're born, then we have our period and we get pregnant, all these hormonal fluctuations and that men don't have. And men don't have, and we're able to just live a nine to five. If you have a nine to five job, like 24 hour sleep cycle, but women, we have like a 28 day cycle. There's all these different things we actually have to take into contrast, but we don't because the system is still not made for that. So it's finding, understanding that you are unique with what you're going through and understanding what is the path for you and not for your neighbor that is more male oriented medical system. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, as we said, it's very empowering when you know your own body, you can start to trust it. You can start to, and then that's when you get progress a lot faster when there's trust. So let's see in terms of the process of, you know, getting your period, we know exactly what the symptoms are. Pregnancy, we know what the symptoms are. What are those symptoms that might make it, make people think, okay, my doctor told me I'm healthy, but these are maybe some signs to pay attention to that you are actually in this perimenopausal state. Yeah, I love that. 
Um, and I think it's so important to really call it out like that because yes, when we go through puberty, we get our period and we can actually see our bodies change. Like it's a very physical thing to see when women, when we're pregnant, same thing, like mm -hmm. we're feeling something, but we're seeing something when we're in perimenopause, we don't get to see anything. Nothing's actually really changing so much, except for if we're struggling with gaining weight or feeling more tired. So I think it's always important to understand how significant that hormonal change is. And I think what women don't always realize is that menopause is technically one day, 365 days after your last period. So it's one day. And after that, you're considered post-menopause, right? It's one day that we've all talked about. And that's the only thing we hear about. Perimenopause is that entire transitional shift. And it starts at 35, just like how puberty kind of starts around 12, 13 Perimenopause starts around 35, 36 for all women. Now, the impact and how significant those symptoms are going to be really depend a lot on the state of our adrenals at the time. Because what's happening in perimenopause is that the job of our hormones is being passed from our ovaries to our adrenals, which run our whole stress management system. Mm -hmm. So if, you're, if your habits, if your life, if all of that has kind of put a very huge weight on your adrenals, then they're kind of looking at you like, I don't know how you want me to take on this job. Like I'm already full here. I need some help and no one's coming to help. So it becomes very challenging. And some of the things we start to notice in the body, certainly irregularities in our period or more extreme PMS symptoms, definitely like low mood and anxiety, um, major like unexplained weight gain where you're doing the things that had always kept you a certain way you're not really changing and all of a sudden you're gaining weight especially around the belly and the midsection um and absolutely like any type of skin issues you start to notice around that age when you're like why am I having acne at 35 you know or 40 or 45 I really you know shouldn't be having that experience at this stage so those are some of the most common ones I would say and then of course night wakings especially between there's hot flashes that we hear about, which we can hear, kind of, yeah, a lot. yeah, all day long. They can come at any point in day and they kind of come and bloom. And then you get really cold afterwards. And that is from a dysregulation of estrogen. And, and a lot of us will kind of hit that point. Some people actually don't experience hot flashes. They experience like um, heart palpitations or like a rest, a real restlessness in her body, restless leg syndrome. But if you're waking up at night and it's the same time, pretty much every night, like between two and 4 AM, you know, you're there, you're in perimenopause and you're, there are things that you can do to improve it. You just need to understand what's happening. So with all these changes of hormones, can they actually be detected when you do your blood test or no in perimenopause? Yeah. A great question. Mine were not. Most aren't, right? Because most blood work done in the medical field, obviously, it's designed there to help us. And you know, so there's no no disrespect there. But it, there's levels, right, for everyone. And in the early phases of perimenopause, so like 35 to even closer to 50, um, we often have enough hormones. Like our body is capable of making that amount of hormone, but it's just again with this job being past the adrenals, we're overstressed. And so it's really about reducing other hormones, not our estrogen and progesterone. So they might take the blood work and say, oh, well, you have enough of these hormones, but it's just the balance of them are off. And that's what's not studied in there. That's what's not caught on the blood work test. We can't always see what those differences are. So you might get a result that says you have an issue, but most often women don't, especially before the age of 50. And this is when you look at, we have enough. And this is for me, a personal thing is, we look at iron levels for women. So there's a range in your blood test. And I was always like in the high, high range and everything was fine. 
And then at one point I was very tired and my iron was closer to the lower end, but I was still okay. Doctor's yeah. like, no, you're fine. But I was like, I'm not feeling good. So me understanding my body able to boost my iron levels to the above average, I was better. And that's why it's interesting. You said that about the hormones, because you can be within the range, but it might yeah. not be your good range, your yeah. optimal range. Uh, yeah, that's and I love that. That's what, how you talk about it. You're like, everyone's unique. And we really need to, you know, understand what is best for it. like, what's our normal, and then now, where we're at, and I think we can very easily feel a certain way, but then disregard those feelings based on what information outside of us is telling us when honestly, I think women are very intuitive. And when we do listen to our feelings, we actually have our answer right there. Okay, I'm not mm -hmm. feeling well. So it's time to do something different. And on a side note, because out of curiosity, can you still get pregnant during perimenopause? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because until we achieve menopause, we still ovulate. And um, as long as you're ovulating and you have eggs, you can still get pregnant. Okay. So it's good to know. <laughs> it is. For people that you can still be pregnant, get pregnant yeah. during that perimenopause. If you want to or not, it is still possible. <laughs> menopause, different story. But before yeah, that, sure no -go. keep an eye open. Yeah. yeah. So what is like when you're going through that perimenopause in the beginning and your clients come to you, what is that first thing that you work on with them? Because I know you talk about nutrition, you talk about sleep, you talk about fitness. What is that first thing that you try to kind of bring into them to help them through the stage? Yeah, I love that's a great question. So I, I always bring every in holistic health, we always bring everything back to kind of um, our four main health pillars of life. And if, I always like to think of it like if, if our health is a table and that has four legs, right? And we're at this dining table, you're going out for a nice dinner. And one of the legs is sleep or rest. One of them is nutrition. One of them is movement. And one of them is like joy, fulfillment, and purpose, that kind of piece. If one of those legs is rickety, it's kind of an annoying dining experience, but you know, you can handle it. If two get rickety, every time someone puts their elbows on the table, everything's going to shift. And if three are rickety, then your dinner's on the floor. So it's the same thing when it comes, I think, to stepping ourselves back into our health. I like to first say, okay, where is our sleep at? You know, when are you going to sleep? When are you waking up? Um, and we can dive into what that should look like. And, you know, what are you eating? What does that look like? And how much are you moving in a day? Again, because each of these things, you know, I was able to quite happily do a 45 minute intense hip workout or heavy lifting for a lot of years, but I just, my body is, can't handle that anymore. The moment I start to do that for more than a week or so, I start to have sleep issues again. I start to feel wrong in my body and it's because of the energy demand. So perimenopause, if we understand that the job of the hormones are being passed mm -hmm. and that's creating a bit of an imbalance, it's just an added workload on our body. Just like how when our teenagers are going through puberty, they're tired more, they need to eat more. And when women are pregnant, they're tired more, they need to take their supplements. Like we understand this, but it's the same thing in perimenopause. So there's a greater workload on your body happening at this time. And it becomes a real energy supply and demand issue. So we need to kind of look at your key energy sources of your health in these pillars and say, where are they at? And how do we change them unique for you? And I love what you said, step back into your health. Yeah. It gives it, for me, it's like stepping back and looking at the big picture to be able to move forward. Because we talk about we're, there's a lot of FOMO. There's going to be a lot of things, but like, oh, I'm going to do this, do this, do this. And again, you're stressing out your system. But I feel when you're stepping back, you're leaning back, you're creating that space to be able to move forward in a healthier way. So I really love that you use that step back into your health. Thank you. It's funny, you know, we get started on programs or we commit to something to do. And then like you were saying, we, we start to 
look out and we see, oh, well, like Sharon lost 70 pounds, but it's like, well, that's wonderful. But did you ask Sharon how she's feeling in her body? <laughs> you know, is she sleeping well Is she yeah. happy with how she's eating? You know, is she feel so much better or is she just happy she lost the weight? Because those are very different things. And at the end of the day, I think you and I both know the number on the scale becomes really irrelevant if you're not feeling well in your body. Because it's one thing to lose the weight, but you're exhausted and hangry all the time. Not be able to sleep well and exercise and not able to go out for dinner with your friends and family. Is it really experience more joy in your life? So yeah. Yeah. And that's what life is about. We have this one wild and precious life and we want to squeeze as much out of it as we can. And we don't want to be doing that hiding in our room because we're exhausted and trying to avoid meals with people. Yep. So stepping yeah. back and really creating that journey. Yeah. And one big thing, because we talk a lot about hot flashes, that's more with the menopausal state and a lot of people talk about tips and tricks, but with pre-menopause, what would be the key things you think that would help people better understand I truly believe sleep is a cornerstone to your health because sleep impacts your fitness, your energy, your eating, everything. What would be your main tips in terms of the sleep, the signs to watch out for? And what would be the first key yeah. steps for change? Yeah, I love that. It's a great question. So sleep, obviously, because women have two, we talked earlier about like the 24 hour clock, which is our circadian rhythm. So everybody plants, animals, humans, we all have this circadian rhythm, which is what, you know, brings in, you know, that hormone melatonin at night to kind of bring us down and make us sleepy, allows us to have a sleep, a good quality sleep, you know, adds in a little bit of cortisol in the morning to wake us up. So we are feeling awake and alive um, and repeat, but women of reproductive years. So from puberty until we achieve menopause, we have this infradian rhythm, which is our 28 day cycle. And it changes a lot based on, um, what phase of the cycle we're at. Like our cortisol levels change our, um, our metabolism changes so much that we need to eat more or eat less during those times. And of course we're not taught these pieces, but with the one of the fastest ways to throw off our infradian rhythm is our circadian rhythm. So this is what you're talking about with the sleep. So I always like to remind women first and foremost that women always, because of these hormonal changes and the complexities in our brain, we need at least 20 minutes more sleep than men at night, always. And which is not typically happening because of child rearing and, and other expectations on women. But one, we need that piece. So I think that's important for us to understand. We need more during these major hormonal shifting times in our life. So first and foremost, we always wanna, and I like to say protect, a seven to nine hour sleep window. And what I mean by that is like, you need to be in your bed for eight to 10 hours if you wanna actually expect to get seven to nine hours of sleep at night. Um, we can't like sleep is one of these things, right? Where you can't it's like sand when you try to squeeze onto it, it just slips through your fingers. Like we can't really control sleep, but we can create the space for sleep to happen. And as we repair the other pieces, it always starts to come back, which is really great. So really protecting that seven to nine hour sleep window um, and being as consistent as you can because the body's handling so much right now, it needs to know what to expect. Kind of like how we treat a baby, you know, like we, mm -hmm. we feed them at the same time, we put them down to nap at the same time for that routine so that their body knows what to expect and creates this rhythm. So going to bed at the same time every night, waking up at the same time every morning or around there, getting some sunlight in your eyes for 10 to 20 minutes first thing in the day will help kickstart your circadian rhythm, make sure you're creating the melatonin that you need. And of course, staying off of phones for an hour at night before you, you know, off of screens before you go to bed. But that's, that's like the general, I think, basic foundational rules of sleep. If we can create that space, 
then we can focus on the other health pillars and the sleep will get better. And, and actually these night wakings or these night sweats that a lot of women have or having to go wake up to frequently urinate or so, we can fix those quite quickly in the other pillars as long as we have the amount of sleep. Since the real hormone hormonal issue in perimenopause is having too much cortisol and sleep is one of the only ways we reduce cortisol that's already existing in our body. So interesting that you're talking about cortisol because there's some studies, of course, again, male based yeah. and more female based about we talk about sleep. Yes, with the cortisol, but we also talk about high impact exercise that it brings back, it brings down cortisol. But now with what you're telling me for women, it can be sometimes counterproductive to go high intensity and more promoting the sleep to release yeah. that cortisol that they're accumulating. Yeah. You know, as, as a personal trainer, like obviously I, I'm hot, fitness has been a big hobby of mine. I love it. And I used to love all the hard fitness and I don't think we should have to give up the things we love forever. I just think it's understanding that fitness by nature, like anytime you're lifting heavy or you're doing high intensity specifically, the, the design is to tear a muscle or push yourself to a point where um, cortisol and adrenaline are recruited to repair or to fix things so we can change body composition and kind of improve. And that's wonderful, except that when you're in this stage of perimenopause, you almost want to look at it like you have a broken ankle right now. We kind of need to repair the break before we can get back to business. You know, we need to take that time to heal um, because if you imagine in our life, if you take kind of two cups and you can picture like we all have a little bit of cortisol we're living with and that we want, that's a healthy part of our life. But if our cortisol is elevated because we're struggling with this, you know, passing of the baton from ovaries to adrenals because of our other habits and we're already like halfway full, then every night we get a little bit more cortisol in. And anytime you do a hard, hard workout, you get more cortisol. Mm -hmm. And anytime, you know, you eat an inflammatory food, you get more cortisol and all of a sudden it spills over. And that's what throws off all of our other issues. So it's not that we shouldn't work out, but when you're in a healing process, which is what, where a lot of women need in perimenopause. They just need like four to six weeks of healing. So staying off, you're really going to be getting results a lot faster if you just pull out any stress inducing activity and just do a, like low impact, just walking or yoga are like amazing ways to burn calories. And really we only need to burn 150, 300 calories a day in walking or yoga in order to have weight release if that's your goal. So if I understand correctly, this is like perimenopause does not last 10 to 15 years until menopause. It's just a phase that they might be going through like six to eight weeks. Uh, no, actually that's sorry. Maybe I explained that incorrectly. So pretty much perimenopause lasts from 35 ish until you achieve menopause. So it's this entire time again, how significant your, your issues are. So a lot of women, and we see this in different cultures of the world, especially in cultures where, we don't have that same hustle mentality, you know, that, you know, or maybe there's a more richness of life and more prioritization on rest, on siestas, on lower inflammatory foods, right? We can see this in different cultures of the world. So if, but if you are in this pocket where you're trying to release weight and you're doing the things and it's not working, or you're not able to sleep through the night, or you're not able to go a day without a crazy craving or without wanting to take a nap in the afternoon because you're so exhausted or your periods are so heavy that it's like impacting your life. If, if your hormonal symptoms at this age are impacting your life that much, like more than 10%, then we know that there's um, an, a significant imbalance. And 
until we create that four to six week space of healing. If anything else we do is just going to make the imbalance worse. So we have, that's what I, I'm more meant to talking. So not everybody's going to go through that piece, but most women are these days and in our, in our culture, because of, because of our hustle mentality, because how we've been taught to be little men and we just haven't worked with our hormone rhythm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. So you said there was like a phase of like giving yourself like a, a, um, a healing phase and then understanding how to maintain it after yes, so the exactly. lovely next phase of our life. Yes, exactly. I like to look at like healing or any aspect of perimenopause is like, as I said, with, if you break your ankle, you got to cast that sucker up and lift it and elevate it and stay off of it. Right. Otherwise, if you don't cast your ankle, you're going to walk around and keep smashing and we're going to keep inflaming the problem. So same thing with, with our issues inside is we're going to keep irritating the problem, creating inflammation in the body. So we have this period of four to six weeks where we make sure we're really focusing on rest and uh, low impact movement and the right nutrition. That's really where our energy should go. And then you kind of move, you know, the cast comes off and we move into like physiotherapy. If you want to be running that marathon again, then you need to make sure you have full range of motion. So we can have a period of time. And this piece I think could work for all women if you're not in hormonal chaos, but you're wanting to understand your body better. It's understanding how to optimize to make sure that you're helping your body out and not getting in its way. And then we can move into kind of the final phase, which is what we call cycle syncing. It's understanding, you know, each phase of your cycle. And there's actually, you know, really great times in your cycle where you can do and you should do HIIT workouts or heavy lifting because you'll get the most out of it. And then there's times where we need to pull back. So it's like this is the amazing part with the work that you're doing is it's so personal to women. When you talk about there's times that we should be doing HIIT workouts because of our cycle, and yet no one's talking about it. No one's mentioning it. We have to work the nine to five, 20, 24 hour circadian rhythm. And there isn't an understanding of our unique process. And when we get our period, it's one way, but when we get pregnant, there's a whole different way that we have to, we have the the do's and the don'ts and there's more respect because there's again you said it's physical we can see it but also yeah. giving yourself that compassion and that space when you're going through perimenopause because by slowing down you'll actually get results that will last yeah yeah we're always looking as women like what can i do what more can i do but when the answer is often do less and that's where we <laughs> struggle i think because we're like I think for a lot of women, we tie our self-worth and you talked about this before. I know being a people pleaser, we tie our self-worth to what we do for others or all the things we accomplish in a day when and this is where I think a lot of your work is so valuable for women going through this phase. Cause it's like, we need to find that confidence and that self-worth in the calm, just as we are. And you mentioned the calmness, but I'll, I want to add a little extra regarding when you look in women entering the workforce. Yeah. You know, the term work-life balance yeah. actually was brought in when women entered the workforce because huh. we had to start balancing yes. our work and our life. And we saw the pressure that we're putting on women to do it all, but then it's causing so much havoc in us not to have the energy to be able to do what sh we should do and not having to do it all and people please and being these like superwomen in a certain way. So understanding that you can peel off the layers. You said like, take off those shackles, create that freedom to understand that you don't have to balance everything at the same time. You just have to balance what's on the inside and create an environment that's actually supportive for you. So yeah, work-life balance was created when women entered the workforce. And when I read that, that I was like, oh, oh no. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. That's the pressure awesome. we put on women is, is phenomenal. 
It is. And we still carry, you know, I think the stat is we carry 80% of the emotional labor of life, right? So if you, you know, whether it's the caring of the home or the thinking of the bills or the planning of the doctor's appointments or the dentist appointments or the school trips, that's still the bulk is still being carried by women who are now just as successful as men out in the workforce. So Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's a big change. So for anybody who's going through perimenopause and they're not sure about the process, do you still recommend them going and seeing their medical doctor or do you recommend them contacting somebody like you to better understand their symptoms? Yeah, you know, I always recommend anytime you notice a shift in your periods specifically, it's always it's always just a good thing to go and have a checkup. Well, you know, you know, just to rule out any other issues that we might not know about. But assume, but if you do that and your blood work comes back, you know, fairly normal or there's not anything that can be done, then yeah, this is the perfect time to start focusing on either working with someone like me or better on, you know, focusing in on these four health pillars and just make tightening those legs, making those tweaks so that you can heal. And this is something I've heard you say, like, we can't expect results overnight, especially when you're dealing with, you know, essentially a broken ankle here, it's going to take three months. And I think when we, you know, when we hold space for the fact it's going to take a while and we look for those wins in other ways, like, oh, wow, I'm finally sleeping through the night or, oh, wow, I didn't want to bite everyone's head off the week before my period. <laughs> you know, like those are wins. Those are wins that were on. Yeah. To, to, you know, and a lot of women get so irritated because they want to release weight and that's a real driver. Not everyone, a lot of us, some of us just want extra energy or whatever that is, but you know, energy and weight gain or weight loss is, is like the last symptom to always happen either way, whether you're gaining or losing. And it's a symptom of a bigger issue on the inside. And we just need to figure out what that is. And it's for most often, even though we're unique, it kind of falls into one of four categories. So if you've been to your doctor and you're quote unquote, the picture of health as I was, then we can actually, you know, pretty quickly rectify these things. Um, It's just about learning the process. And you had mentioned it. And as women, we're very intuitive. And we talked that on another episode of trusting what that little nudge, that little voice is telling you. If you feel like something is saying something is off, then something is off. Even if the medical system, everything looks perfect, they don't test for every single thing possible. But when you feel something is off, make sure you keep reaching out to find the reason. There's a reason why you're feeling off. It's not in your head. (laughs) It's not, I'm getting old. It's normal to get tired. No, no, no. Follow that inner voice that something is off and do search for somebody who is certified, who's been doing this for a long time. And really get into that information because there's a reason for everything. You don't have to say, well, this, like you said, you're like 37. I'm like, this is it. Like, I don't want to live like this for 40 years. Like, this is not, you're not supposed to just be bloated and exhausted and have adult acne for the rest of your life. There is a reason behind that. So that little nudge, you know, there's always a solution somewhere. Yes. I, I love that you said that. And in, in the process, you know, I think when you focus on this, these foundational health pieces, it's like. It's like, in order to get to the root of a problem, you kind of have to calm the tantrum. You know, if we have a child that comes to us and they're losing their mind, like you can't very well be like, what's wrong? Because they're not going to be able to get to that. We need to calm them down and then we can get to the issues. Same in our body. So as you, if you go to your doctor and they're like, you're fine, but you don't feel right, focus on these pieces to calm your hormonal chaos. You will get there. You will get to that piece, but just create that strong foundation first and you'll win every time. And like we say always on a plane, put your oxygen mask first. We always are overachievers doing everything for everybody else. That'd be our business, our family, our friends. 
but giving yourself more time will give you actually more energy better understand how to be better for people around you so it's really helping everybody by helping yourself first absolutely you'll give way more that way or you'll be, at least be happier <laughs> while you do it <laughs> so it would be like one mantra one motto that you would like women listening into this podcast to take away from today's episode for me, I think it's always be more in your life and not just less on a scale. I think when we shift that mindset from, you know, when we measure ourselves by the scale, it's no different than measuring your child's report card only by the grades. We don't see what you might have straight A's, but in the comments, you might see doesn't get along well with others, is difficult and causes trouble, you know, you know, really didn't grow this year. Whereas you might see um, you know, B's and C's, but be able to be like worked really hard and it's up from last time, you know, really is helpful with the other kids in the class. It's the same thing on a scale. We're hardly measuring, we're not measuring any progress really by just stepping on a scale because our weight can fluctuate so quickly up and down based on so many factors. It's how you feel on the inside that is going to determine your life and what you can make it. And it's a big thing. I love that you share that because your scale can change for any reason. And you, we didn't have time to dive deep in terms of inflammation, but eating inflammatory <laughs> foods, you can just like, when I have a, when I have gluten, I'm gluten intolerant within a day, I can gain three, four pounds. And if I let that impact me and I don't understand my body, I will yeah. let it ruin all the hard work I've been doing to actually take care of my health. So the yeah. scale number it's, it's, it's something, but it's not everything. Yeah. We don't, we don't gain fat in a week. So anything you're gaining is inflammation and anything you're losing is inflammation. So we really need to get there for the long term to get to that point. Yeah. Cause if I, I told that to my clients, if you gain like those three pounds of fat over the weekend, we're going to send you to a lab. It's like exceptional. It doesn't happen. It's all water. It's all inflammation. It is. It is. And habits can change that. What you gain in a day, you can lose in a day, they say. So it's like, it doesn't mean anything. And that's where we need to shift our mind. I think more, more in your life and not just less on a scale. Oh, I love that more in your life. Ah, I love that. <laughs> so with today, there was so much information. I know you share so much more on your Instagram, in your stories, in your reels. Like there's so much information there, clean, good, honest, and straight to the point, female oriented information. So how can people get contact with you or get more of your amazing knowledge? Oh, thank you so much. You can always check out the period whisperer podcast or um, catch me on Instagram, Bria underscore period underscore whisperer, or just on my website, Bria, the period um, and reach out. I'm happy to help in any way that I can. Amazing. And everyone, I'll be sharing all those details in the notes right below. You can always contact them. And again, do follow on Instagram. There's so many amazing, easy, thoughtful things. And as women, even me, women, my I'm 44, there's so many things that I learned that we're not educated on even in the oh. top universities. So it's good that there's somebody speaking there for the majority of the population that are women in this world. So thank you so much for taking the time. And remember, make sure that to contact her to follow if they have any questions. On that note, I wish you a beautiful and a balanced day. Dina Mayer be here and I'll catch you in the next episode. If you are loving this content and you want more, do not hesitate to follow me over on social media at Dina Mervi and as well over on my website, dinamervi.com. And as well, I have an amazing gift for you. I would truly be grateful for you to share an amazing review right here about this podcast to inspire others to tune in and to change their life. And by sharing your amazing review, do not forget to screenshot it before you send it, email it to us 
info at dinamary.com and I have amazing guided meditations to send to you that will truly transform your life. So I cannot wait to connect with you and I will see you in the next episode.